0: Mana, 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 This is Social Disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a stand-up comedian, podcast host, and minimum wage tambourine player, whose very funny stand-up album, Still Together, is available on a Special Things record, and who can currently be heard on the informative but silly Fake Money Podcast, in which he and former guest Alan Strickland-Williams get to the bottom of this whole cryptocurrency thing. Please welcome James Fritz. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: thank you for coming on. Yeah, really the minimum wage
1: tambourine, tambourine thing is a, uh, <laughs> that's a silver juice... The band from the late great David Berman.
0: Yeah, I know he, he passed in the last year, year or two.
1: Yeah, two
0: I you ago? know yeah, I would say I, it could have been five years ago with the way my my very soft, smooth, baked potato like brain is processing mm. things these days. Because so I have no, mm. I have truly no concept of time anymore. Oh it's, yeah, it's bonkers. But I know that that's a band I need to get into. I never oh did love, love them. Okay,
1: do you like words? I'm pro words. All right, yes. then you all like him.
0: Huh? Yeah, I know that he was known as, like, a brilliant lyricist.
1: Yeah, he also released a book of poetry that was, like, legitimately good. Okay. Yeah, called Actual Air. I remember I read that a long time ago. He's crazy talented, very disturbed. Uh, he has the best response. His father was, like, a horrible man <laughs> <laughs> who, like, worked for, like, some evil industry like either the oil industry or like cigarettes or something or you know and just was a vile person and he like disowned him and called him the devil in interviews and stuff and i'm like that's how you do it you know like (laughs) (laughs) any rich kids in comedy take a note just disown your evil parents (laughs) <laughs> it says right here, he,
0: his father was a lobbyist who represented firearms, alcohol, <laughs> and
1: other industries. Yeah, I think the firearms was his big concern, which, you know, that's not yeah. a problem anymore. So
0: Yeah, his, uh, his organizations had numerous media campaigns concerning obesity, soda taxation, smoking, cruelty to animals, mad cow disease, taxes, the national debt, drinking and driving, as well as the minimum wage. <laughs> wow what a prodigious piece of shit that's very very uh, yeah. impressive
1: where's my favorite quote let me find it real quick <laughs> I, I always reminded it because like i read some uh, or it reminded me of like when uh um, sorry i'm a little out of it when uh, um who was the uh great old film director who was like arm in arm with the red scare stuff and oh uh, he did on the waterfront and he like outed people to the, for the, for the un American.
0: Yeah, Ilya Kazan.
1: Yeah. His granddaughter, I remember she had a tweet, someone came out after her or something, or someone mentioned something sorry. about her dad. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, you would have done it too at the time or something. I'm like, that's not how you play it, you know? <laughs> it's like Mike Pervigia said in his
0: stand up, he was like, what I should was, said was nothing. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Definitely, certainly not to say that. Jesus, I forgot
1: about that. Um, <laughs> and she was like making fun of like social the DSA and stuff. I'm like, this is not a good look. All right. Yeah, this is not a winning situation for you. What's that quote? Do you have it? Um, where is it? It's in his wiki.
0: A couple of things about Richard Berman. Mm-hmm. One, he's still alive because evil never dies. Never. God, it's wild. Also, in a very <laughs> appropriate way. One of his alma maters is Transylvania University. <laughs> oh, literal vampire.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. tracks. Yeah, it was... <laughs> the clues were there all along. Oh my god, I cannot find it. I'm so sorry.
0: No, you're good. <laughs> In keeping with unfortunate deaths, you tweeted just yesterday, not to date the podcast, about George Siegel who passed away. That's a giant loss. Like, that really was, bummed me out.
1: Yeah, he just seemed like a mensch. Yeah, a a total mensch, and like insanely talented. You know, he was so funny in so many different things. You kind of didn't. He's one of those guys you kind of take for took for granted. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I, um, I've been watching a lot this year specifically like kind of going through oh like actors like that i love and have loved for a long time and going through just spotting you know different parts of their filmographies and elliot gould is absolutely
1: one of them Uh, i've watched the king i've watched like six
0: i think elliot gould movies so far this year
1: there was a time in america where he was voted sexiest man alive and i'm like that was (laughs) by the way he has it like that dude oh my god He's got BDE to the max. Oh like, dear my god. god! Yeah, have you seen the long goodbye? Did you watch? Oh that yeah, yet? Oh. yes,
0: I watched that this year. I have watched favorites. it before. It's amazing. Yeah, he's uh, I've so watched good. four George Segal movies so far this year. Oh wow! Uh, I've got the list actually. Go for it. No way to treat a lady from nineteen sixty eight, which is this really interesting movie where it's him as a Jewish cop who is <sighs> investigating a serial killer played by Rod Steiger, uh-huh. and. Rod Steiger is a serial killer who is quite literally very theatrical. He owns a theater company, so it's him dressing up as different people before murdering women and doing accents. Oh my god. Calling him up by like George Segal up and getting messed with in the pre- It's it's a pretty interesting movie actually. That I enjoyed The Hot Rock, which I'd never even heard of, is great. That's a it's his heist movie part of an ensemble that he's in. It's got like Robert Redford in it, and uh, let's see, Ron Lehman Paul Sand. It's got Zero Mostel playing a real asshole in a very great way. It's great. I <laughs> yeah. highly recommend that. That sounds great. It's great. No, it's it's a really interesting movie. Rod Stiger and, all the all the yeah. time, anytime man. Rod Stiger kicks ass. Yeah, and uh, Bloom and Love I saw from 1973. I've been trying to track that down for a minute. Boy is there an ending to that movie that completely undoes pretty much everything in the movie. A downer, I'm guessing. It's yeah, man. That's what I love
1: about seventies movies. Like if you didn't have a downer ending, they were like, This isn't art. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well asked and answered. This does that. And mm-hmm. but it's
0: it's a downer ending in that what happens is you're like, What the fuck? And then everybody's still happy. It's very <laughs> odd. Huh. I don't I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's just a oh, that's happening type movie. And then uh, last one I saw so far, anyway, is A Touch of Class, which is a very stressful movie because it's him trying to have an affair with an English woman. And it's like he's trying to balance his family with having this affair and all. And it's just stressful. I'm like, dear God, I can't imagine the stress of doing that outside of all of the morality involved with that. But <laughs> it's a very, like, it's kind of screwball y ish comedy, kind of. I mean, he's amazing in all of
1: them. He's always great.
0: Yeah, I like him a lot. It's a real bummer
1: yeah he was so good i mean california split is an all-timer i just watched that for the first time like i think last year i think early quarantine and it blew me away like i had to watch it again immediately i don't know how i would missed it i love altman i love that period of altman and i feel like that one kind of flew under the radar and then uh, like people just don't talk about that one as much but it's pretty perfect and then i also love flirting with disaster a lot amazing He's so funny in that.
0: I feel like California Splits, like competing with attention for attention with the long goodbye of like yeah. an underseen 70s Altman movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> it's kind of an embarrassment of riches, but mm. that one gets lost in the shuffle, I
1: think, of the I two. I think those are my two favorite of They're Altman. amazing. Yeah yeah i've watched some
0: been watching a handful of altman's too because i to your like what you said california split i had not seen prior to early pandemic last year and i was like mm. how did i miss this right and then i watched it
1: and it's unfucking believable it's so good and it's just like such a great hangout movie like yeah uh, it's just like how is this not one of the movies that like <laughs> you and your bros passed around in college do you know what i mean like it would have been <laughs> yeah. perfect for that yeah i
0: don't know how i missed it exactly I feel like I'm just talking about these movies now, but uh, I do want to say, I mean, who gives a shit? This is whatever. But there's a movie that I watched a couple of days ago uh, yeah. on my tour de Gould, uh, as it were. Uh. And it's uh, The Silent Partner. And I'd never heard of it. And it's great.
1: Yes, I've heard of that too. Uh, that's another one on my list to watch. It's interesting because it's like, it's Elliot
0: Gould being somehow like very un-Gouldish in that. He, he's, he's he's playing a very insular character uh-huh. who is he. All he can do is coast off of his his big old energy, and he does a great job, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and he's great at it. But it's him playing this very like insular, kind of boring, bland bank teller, and Christopher Plummer, who uh, is dressed up as yes. Santa Claus. Yeah, is a genuine psychopath in this movie. Okay, dear God. <laughs> and he does a heist, and then Elliot Gould manages to steal money in the middle of the heist. So then Christopher brilliant. Plummer finds out via like Gould being interviewed on on the television and then saying how much was taken when really it wasn't that much or it was uh, less than that.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. and then
0: Christopher Plummer finds out and then is pissed off and wants his money, and that's <laughs> the rest of the movie.
1: Oh fuck, that sounds amazing.
0: It's pretty great. And it's also violent. Not even like violent, but like the nature of the violence is violent. It's violently yeah. violent.
1: Well, I love and, any violent Santa movies.
0: Well, boy. Silent Partner,
1: Santa Slay, uh, Silent <laughs> yeah. Night, Deadly Night.
0: <laughs> Wasn't the that uh, Goldberg? Didn't that sound goldberg is Santa in Santa Slay?
1: Oh no, you're thinking of that was much later. Santa Slay was like early early 80s and oh, okay uh, it's great actually they showed it on um i'm a big shutter fan and a big fan of the joe bob briggs marathons they've been doing oh yeah and uh he showed it on the on the christmas the most recent christmas one and it was great and it like actually was kind of like a tragic performance by the lead guy in this like slasher fl- flick from the 80s yeah oh. i recommend that that one a lot
0: <laughs> okay, i i haven't seen really. the
1: goldberg movie but i know what you're talking about <laughs> well that's why i was surprised i was like oh it's good oh no wait santa's Slay is the goldberg movie <laughs> god damn it i'm can we just start over again i'm thinking of <laughs> christmas evil christmas oh, Evil is okay. good yes christmas evil fuck santa's Slay. i can't vouch for that I, I that's doubt. fair but christmas evil 1980 is fantastic
0: a toy factory worker, mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real, yeah. suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks yeah. on a Yuletide killing spree. It's well, fantastic. that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's that's great. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, highly yeah. recommend Christmas in Evil.
0: On that, <laughs> I do want to ask you, like, you're a Santa comedian. You've done well. I was you've done the live streams <laughs> in the last year? How has that been?
1: You know, it's very hit or miss. Uh, it took a minute to adjust. Well, I've been enjoying the monthly ones that my manager has set up with uh, all of her clients. We do like a live, uh, just shooting the shit live show every Tuesday night called in the green Zoom. And so we do that every week, and then once a month we have this like live up show. But it's like it's it's kind of fun because it's like this. It's, it was kind of it's kind of more fun doing it with the same people every week and like the. Uh, we have regulars who tune in. So that kind of makes it way more of a hangout thing, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's all about timing and you're like, you know, you can't really. Comedy's about rhythm a lot of the time and trying to do that on a fucking Zoom with like people unmuted, people getting up to do things. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen a dick yet. So that's good. That's a win <laughs> or a loss, I guess, depending on. <laughs> What you're in for, but I know there was this Mike in Chicago that was having shows, on Zoom, and like, of course, it being Chicago, like the second week, people were just dropping dick pics and in, in the thing. So
0: I'm surprised I haven't heard more of the, about that, honestly, or <laughs> or about. I just mean it, it happening in general in all these, because it's like you know you got the the tubins of the world out there Uh uh-huh just letting it fly i'm surprised it hasn't happened more r.i.p
1: yeah (laughs) i think there was a steep uh, there was a very quick learning curve with zoom shows (laughs) people learned how to mute and ban people very quick
0: (laughs) yeah that's definitely one way to learn that function yeah is to allow anyone (laughs) to uh, be themselves i guess or just have no restrictions like that yeah but to your point though like yeah i'm sure that's really tough because you know no rhythm it's like you have like we talked about before this you have like one too many tabs open and then people are completely <laughs> off and we have no idea what's happening but then also you I, I mean a lot of the point is feeding off the energy of the crowd you don't have that
1: yeah and and it took me like a month before i was like oh i don't want to see my my own face while i'm doing this that's horrible It oh, that, that
0: must be well, yeah, as somebody who edits this podcast Having to listen to myself, I'm like, well, this is terrible Yeah And then eventually you just, for better or worse, you just get used to it I And, mean, you know, you log the hours and this is just how it is
1: <laughs> But, yeah, I miss, I miss the real thing And I think it's still going to be very strange for a while, you know
0: I've been thinking about that lately I know you've gotten your first shot and I just got mine last Thursday Yeah It's like, okay, you know in about a month-ish or whatever, I will be, quote-unquote, fully vaccinated. Which is awesome. I'm all about it. This is not sure. me saying that but, that. but now I'm just thinking, you're okay, pro, you're now. You're pro-vax,
1: then. Just yes, the I am okay.
0: notably pro-vax. Okay. <laughs> no gray area there. All right, yes, I am. sucker. <laughs> but now I just think, like, okay, now what? I don't know how to handle the post-vaccination. Way. Well, you can still
1: get it and spread it, you know. Like, That's what I mean. And there are yeah, variants. and right. I think everyone thinking it's going to be like a magic day and things are like it was two years ago it's it's not gonna happen (laughs) it's gonna be at least a couple years I think before it feels like it used to feel yeah I mean I miss doing it but I and you know I silently judge a lot of the comics that have been doing like indoor shows and shit it's so funny I saw someone who did like an indoor live taping and she complained about hecklers at the show and I'm like well who do you think's Coming to see stand up during a pandemic. Do you think <laughs> yeah. it's the best? You think you're getting the best crowds or just fucking selfish animals who don't care if they kill other people? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of don't want to court that audience, to be honest.
0: I never thought about it that way. That, like, in theory, the physical manifestation of a heckler is the type of person who would go to a live show <laughs> <Right>. indoors, <laughs> arguably spaced out correctly or legally. To do that. Like, that's right. all you're going to get,
1: probably. And, you know, I mean, what? laughing spreads it more than literally anything. So the better you are at comedy, the more people you kill. <laughs> so, in a way, like, the funniest people in the world are burgeoning serial killers. Are the biggest yeah. murderers, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. It really <laughs> makes you think. I don't have to worry about that, though. <laughs> you're very safe at a James Fritz show. <laughs>
0: oh, heavy is the head. That wears the crown. <laughs> yeah, man, that's really interesting. I never thought about it that way.
1: I mean, I've worked clubs and uh, fucking bar shows. I mean, I t- I'm sorry, I don't trust <laughs> that bar and club club owners are taking every <laughs> precaution to the letter, <laughs> fair and not cutting corners. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'd say yeah. You've you've seen them cut corners in. Great times, <laughs> yeah. like probably courted danger in different ways during all of the pre-pandemic years, let alone yeah. now. It's like, oh, there is literal life and death implications for well, yeah. the minor things even.
1: It's just, I mean, I know we're all narcissists, but like, I didn't know the level of some people's narcissism or just, you know, they're like, I have to earn a living. I'm like, okay, but that's not who's doing these shows. Do you know what I mean? it's like (laughs) it's the people that don't have to do anything it's you miss attention just say you miss attention just be (laughs) honest
0: well that's like anybody saying like i have to have this ar-15 it's like well you just want it at least just say that right there's a verifiable difference between those two things (laughs) and at least just admit it to yourself and everyone else if this is the world in which we live at the very least exactly
1: like i remember yeah some people who are like i have to do it for a living i'm like no you don't i know you i know how much <laughs> money you make and how much money you come from you don't have to work you could do as if you needed money you could do a zoom show charge for that like or like yeah it's just it's just be honest just say i'm a broken person and i don't get the same itch scratched doing it online which i understand just be like i need to be in a physical room where strangers are telling me how great i am and i'll be like well at least you're being honest just own it yeah exactly i think about that too in all this about i've been
0: thinking about it a lot too about defining what you need versus what you want Mm. and how All of this is kind of, you know, reprioritized a lot of things, at least certainly for me, about what things are required in my life versus just any old bullshit that I just want. Right. And I feel like for a lot of people I know, too, it's redefined that. And you've kind of shown, for for my friends at the very least, like the best of them. But then for other people, man, it's been a real year of people showing their asses. Oh,
1: for sure. And a lot of people, which I mean, I know shit's tight and a lot of people are struggling that's not who i'm talking about but there are sure. a lot of people who i'm like you know you can get just a fucking date you think you're above a day job you know like yeah you're not owed a career in comedy you know what i mean during a global pandemic <laughs> like i feel for you but i'm not above working a day job when i have to for my you know what i mean and like yeah it reminds me of like i remember this old maria bamford quote where she was like Like I do comedy my way and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. She's like, I'll go back to a, I'll be a receptionist again. I was okay with that. I, I, you know, and I'll do comedy at night. You know, she's so funny. She didn't have to do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like no one is owed a career in show business. (laughs) I
0: never thought about that though, about how, yeah, I've seen a number of standups saying like, look, I got to work. And then that involves putting people in danger right. and in harm's way. Granted, they are also making the choice of doing that, sure. but they're also going there because that stand-up comedian is going there in the first place. And how, you know, oh, there are other options out there. So many other things,
1: if and you wanted. I feel like musicians don't, aren't as precious about it as comics are. Like, it's especially living in L.A., I think it's also a little more jaded because, like, you want, you want to be seen as in the industry. And, and if you're doing something that's not industry related i think some people are like well i'm a failure and it's like no you're not the industry's fucking insane like <laughs> i know some very unfunny people who have never had a day job and some of the funniest people i know you know are fucking breaking their back like <laughs> hauling lumber and shit you know
0: i wonder if too part of it's like the the fear of the perception of oh they're doing this non-industry job so oh are they out or did right. they leave
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I get that fear. I mean, cause you do think like if you, I mean, it's crazy to think that I've gone, I mean, we all have, but like, it's crazy to think like before this, I don't, the longest I'd done, I'd gone without doing comedy. Like as opposed to when I was like visiting my folks over Christmas or something was probably a week in like over a decade. And now it's been 14 months and you, but, like, one reason, you know, you never take time off is because, like, on some level, one of the reasons is you're like, well, you feel like you'll be forgotten if you're gone for any amount of time. But, yeah,
0: because I imagine it's it's hard to get the place that you, you've achieved and continue to, to you know, ideally go up. It's hard to yeah. maintain that position because it's so densely packed, you know, with people at this point. Yeah, there's
1: no shortage of comedians, that's for sure. Fair. <laughs> In fact, I was hoping this uh, pandemic would take some out, but I don't think we've lost a fucking one of them. <laughs> uh,
0: the evil one, the, the burgeoning serial killers of the world, yeah. in the comedy world
1: are thriving because evil never dies. <laughs> yeah, we lost John Prime. We lost the guy from Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> we lost <laughs> Lucille Bluth today. But to say <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> today, Jessica Walter. Dear yeah. God. What a bummer. Not one fucking comic. How is that possible? We have the worst health.
0: <laughs> Man, you know what? I got to tell you. Something we said for evil, living, and existing, and, and succeeding in the world. Because when you don't have empathy, you have nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah. You're just fueled by spite.
0: You're fueled by being a dick. Yeah. To put it lightly, in in a lot of cases. I'm not going to let COVID win. <laughs> Uh, this little cir- circular thing I can't see. No, yeah. I I am the big bad evil. COVID I is the win.
1: ultimate hater. When you think <laughs> about that,
0: man, you wish I wish cancel culture would get, hate, get <laughs> Would take care of COVID for me. It's done so oh, much right. bad in the last 14 months. You know, it's funny that you mentioned, by the way, the uh, about like you know most musicians are out there, you know, doing it correctly for the most part. And and I'm not saying he's not doing it correctly, but one noted <laughs> curmudgeon in all of this van van Morrison
1: (laughs) he's an an insane man he's been insane for a long time now it's so funny that this guy who produced in my opinion some of the most transcendently beautiful (laughs) music ever is this fucking angry bitter psychopath
0: (laughs) yes and i've i brought up his uh in in lieu of that is what is titled the latest record project volume one and two i haven't listened to that yet i've not listened but these are some of the song titles
1: yeah um
0: track 13 on disc two is why are you on facebook (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing also possibly a fair question that's a great question actually the track prior to that is they own the media oh no track 10 is stop bitching do something
1: It's literally Old Man Yells at Cloud is the name of the album. It really is. Track three on this one is Psychoanalyst's Ball. Honestly, this sounds like the track listing of a stand-up album called "Uncancelable." Like, if you flipped it It over. It might as well be. And it says, (laughs) like,
0: uh, track 12 is Diabolic Pressure, which I don't know if that meaning is that's an actual, like, health thing, or if it's just, like, the (laughs) diabolical pressure of... Probably something, old man, curmudgeon, angry thing. Oh, my God. Uh, but I will say the track 13 has a really nice title. It's called Deadbeat Saturday Night.
1: Oh, hell yeah. I actually, really cool. <laughs> I actually really like that.
0: I actually really like that. I mean, he's
1: kind of done this before. Have you ever heard his old album that he uh, made? Because like, he owed the, the label like one more record to get out of his contract.
0: Oh, it must be spiteful then.
1: Oh No, it's just... It's just nothing. He just went into the studio and said whatever over like a guitar strumming. It's fucking hilarious. There's a song on there called uh, Have a Danish where he's just like, can I have a Danish? Can I I have a Danish? Give me a Danish. Like it's it's pretty great. That reminds me of like the spiteful
0: contractual obligations. That reminds me of uh, Ed Norton, who signed a two picture deal with the first one being Primal Fear and then with the studio, he had one more movie left, so they made him do a t- the Italian job. And oh. if you if you watch that movie, he's you know it's Ed Norton. Is yeah. he can even when he's disinterested, he's still pretty good. And he was clearly like very much phoning that in. Mm-hmm. Not that you know that's a role that necessarily needs some kind of Herculean performance from him. Mm-hmm. But after they filmed it, the studio sent those Mini Coopers around to members of the cast saying thank you. Uh-huh. For doing this, you know, like a showing appreciation. And he sent it back with a note, You are not my friends. Wow. <laughs> Which is Actors are so
1: dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking twelve? You got a free car for pretending to be a guy?
0: <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's basically that's the equivalent of sending a car back but, but like you know folding your arms and just staying and tutting and saying no yeah like that's what that boils down to also this is very i've never funny seen the
1: italian job that's not like a terrible movie and i'm pretty i'm guessing that he got a free trip to italy so he got to hang oh, out yeah. in italy and get paid <laughs> uh Edward, Edward Norton's a little messed up, I think.
0: As much as I'm a fan of his work, I think he's the type where... He's very
1: serious actor. Yeah,
0: if he doesn't... If it's not, like, artistic, if he doesn't give him artistic fulfillment, he's somehow above it, yet while still participating in it.
1: Well, he actively participated in Birdman, so he can shut the fuck up. <laughs> he also was uh, the Incredible of course, Hulk. The movie I've ever seen. He was oh, also yeah. the Incredible Hulk, lest we forget, The Forgotten right? Hulk.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Hulk that is like both...
1: I totally forgot about that. A
0: different... It feels like 50 years ago, but it still apparently like canonically fits in to the 50-whatever movie, Yeah, you know, Marvel-verse. <laughs> so it's technically part of Was the that the plan. Ang Lee one? No, the Ang Lee one was Eric Bana.
1: Thanks. <laughs> oh, the I've fact that we don't know which Hulk, Hulk it is, I know. I've completely forgotten about the Edward Norton <laughs> Hulk, and I'm sure I saw it. I wow. saw it. I will say I do like that Hang Lee Hulk
0: quite a bit. It's actually. crazy.
1: But at least it tried to do something.
0: At least it's interesting. Yeah. Like I watched that Snyder cut all four hours and two minutes oh, of it. You did. I did. And I'm not like a hello? comic I'm not like oh. hello. <laughs> what if that what if that's what oh, I just ghost oh, you? Oh. I'm like too embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, I gotta <laughs> go. <laughs> I watched it out of morbid curiosity. And look, I mean, I don't know how much it is that it's uh, genuinely good or just better than a a massive piece of shit that that original one was, but it's at least interesting. And that is something, that's more than I could say for a lot of them. I
1: feel like it was the perfect, I mean, it's the perfect pandemic movie. It's the perfect thing to have on that you can kind of like half pay attention to for four hours while you're live hot taking on Twitter (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no way if this came out in theaters within a four-hour fucking... Would you go see that in a theater? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no way. I mean, it was the perfect storm. He's awful, right? Snyder, like he's just. But he's Snyder. Yeah, he's just like. I don't think Snyder is. I, Joss Whedon is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did like the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I'm a huge fan of the original. You know, Dawn of the Dead, and that was his first movie. He did the Dawn of the Dead remake, right, Snyder? That's great. I think that's a genuinely great movie. Me too. And I think the I think the reason for him it's so
0: good is because he didn't write it. It's like the one he
1: didn't yeah, write. Exactly. I think James Gunn wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And it also doesn't have hallelujah in it. <laughs> That's the blowjob job song. Let us just please retire that song for
0: any non Leonard Cohen related reasons. Like <laughs> just stop. <laughs> it's been so co-opted to have some kind of like, you trek. know, world weary Was it really? I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the song people cho- choose because they're like, oh, shit, they mean business. Hallelujah.
1: Yeah. This I mean, is
0: real. we are making art now. <laughs> um. By the way, the one through line, I guess, in a weird way between Snyder Cut and, and what I want to talk to you real fast about is there's a scene in the movie where they're trying to show the physical manifestation of money and the stock market <laughs> by having one scene where a bear and the God. Wall Street bull fighting for half a second. Wow. It's a lot. It is wild.
1: Yeah, this guy's a genius. <laughs> Take it all back.
0: <laughs> You're like, never mind. Disregard. Delete that. Delete that. <laughs> and you have your podcast, Fake Money, which is really fun. It's just oh, delightful yeah, and silly and It's just an
1: excuse to talk to Alan every week.
0: <laughs> and that's fair. It's really fun. I got to tell you, I that first episode, too, where you went through the rules oh, God. of what cryptocurrency is. It's a thing where, like, I listened and I understood them individually, but I have no retention of that. It just doesn't mean anything to me.
1: It takes—I had to hear it, like, ten times, and I still kind of—I'm not sure. So, yeah, it is not—no one should listen to that show for any financial advice whatsoever. I'm (laughs) not even sure it's not evil, you know? But um. (laughs) Yeah, it's like—to
0: your point, though, it's kind of like the Justice League— versus Snyder Cut. I don't know if it's oh. good on its own or just better than the worst thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our show is funnier than any YouTube show currently on about crypto. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> no, I was well, I was talking to like <laughs> cryptocurrency
0: versus currency currency.
1: Oh yeah. Well I don't think I don't think anything's gonna be more evil than that. <laughs> well
0: that's fair. <laughs> the actual <laughs> stock
1: market.
0: <laughs> so you started I think January third you said that you'd started actually investing in some degree yeah to some degree in cryptocurrency a, yeah how's that
1: been what a ride man i think <laughs> <laughs> well because alan got in in like december when shit was still like not close to what it is now it's yeah, wild now yeah and so he was like man i'm i made whatever like you should get in so i was like okay i'll put a couple hundred in there and um you know i've added and i've Learn, I, I think right now i'm up like a couple hundred bucks after like three months and the amount of hours i've put in <laughs> <and> stress i <laughs> uh, like maybe i should have just got a second job but
0: You're like i'm making well under minimum I mean, wage at this point yeah right
1: Right. <laughs> but no it, it is interesting to like just dig into something new yeah that i never had any fucking desire it <laughs> to learn about but i don't know it's kind of fun getting into like a new world while you're i mean what else are we doing i'm not gonna better myself in any way <laughs> start exercising just anything
0: to distract me from my mortal existence please yeah <laughs> i, I you know
1: at this point you know unless unless i fucking knock on wood land a big role in the next marvel vehicle like i'm gonna need some uh, more savings than i have and like <laughs> You know, I don't the meager amount I do have, it ain't gonna take care of it with like point oh oh four percent interest yearly. (laughs) So I had to take a chance, you know what I mean? And Yeah, look, unless
0: they're gonna do the Snyder Cut recut at this point. Right. (laughs) right, Maybe get in that on a background actor, maybe get a couple (laughs) of lines in. I'll be honest. The most fascinating thing about cryptocurrency to me, yeah, is just the existence or maybe not existence of Satoshi Nakamoto. I know. I want to know all about that person. Me too. People,
1: it's insane that like this is all based on someone who whose identity is unknown. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's fucking kind of creepy. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's kind of insidious and not knowing in a weird way. Yeah. And then my paranoid brain is like, was it a fucking CIA? Like, sci- is this all a big PSYOP? <laughs> <laughs> if it is a
0: matter of, like, any kind of evil, nefarious thing, or, like, them trying to squash cryptocurrency, yeah. then... At, from the limited amount, although I have watched it, of CNBC talking about
1: cryptocurrency,
0: they're not in on it because they really oh, don't like cryptocurrency. I know. It's That's, very funny to watch them get disrupted.
1: Every time I get worried about it, I like see something like that and I'm like, no, nah, all right, I, I, I like this thing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: they're it's pissed. Making, uh, it's making mad money matter then I'm all <laughs> yeah. for it.
0: They're becoming livid money because they do not like it at all. Right. It's very funny to watch them talk about cannabis
1: stocks, too. Oh, no, It's so funny. They don't know it's what It's so to do. funny. No. Because that's not their drug. Their drug is coke, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, no, they, they're they like, oh, we're just like maybe alcoholics, right, which is right. legal. We'll do a bomb every NAIs. now and then, you know, after <laughs> a
1: hard day of trading. But, yeah. The stock market is not for potheads.
0: <laughs> we don't sell stock in Irish car bombs like we do, so <laughs> yeah, we just can't can't quantify this stuff but they they even undermine it by calling it pot stocks which is like they're like passive aggressive jabs at these things or they'll talk about like you know the amc situation and they'll undermine them by calling them meme stocks right anything for them to try to yes grasp power back because they're just don't know what to do with it
1: right because (laughs) it's less real than raytheon you know yeah One of the few stocks I have is like a couple shares in is this uh, is uh, Compass Pathways, I think it's called. Yeah. Interesting. And they're like a medicinal mushroom UK pharma stock. Oh, interesting. And it's been losing me a lot of money so far. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Twist. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, for me. But I think it's going to take, you know, they're like, I don't know. I think it's gonna hit one of these days, and it's nice to invest in something I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> but I know exactly what means. Like for the last two years, I've had uh, a little
0: bit of stock in a cannabis company in, in yeah. Canada. I mean, granted, is uh, the federal the idea of it being legalized federal, federally feels like a pipe dream. Whatever. But yeah. the, but the states. The states are aware, and New York, I think, just finalized, like today maybe, Yeah. recreational legalization. It's
1: insane it's taking New York State that long.
0: It really is. But then again, Cuomo, yeah. that vile piece of shit that he is, he's desperate. And this <laughs> is something he'll want to That's get through. That's
1: true. Yeah. I just can't believe Jersey beat him to it. That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> They're like, look, we got to beat him at something. I can't say shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean just stuff like that though like any kind of like cryptocurrency or any other dis- disruptive thing it's very at the very least fun to watch people who have always you know set the rules yeah and define them yeah. squirm and they're get- but nice. they're
1: getting in it now man you see every day i mean i think that's one reason it's kind of gone down a lot in the last couple week or two like i think they're fucking you know manip- they'll find a way to manipulate it but i mean i think there's a little time left for normal people to get in on i think crypto. so but i mean soon it'll i don't know i hope not but i you know i mean that I mean, that's why musk is selling fucking car for a bitcoin you know what i mean he's gonna yeah. just hang on to that like he's just trying to accumulate bitcoin you know
0: well, I feel like NFTs have uh become co opted in record time, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I never had much faith in I I that was beyond me. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I don't even understand the, the point of this. <laughs>
0: even relative to like the concept of money, yeah. NFTs even comparatively feel so abstract that I can't yeah. even comprehend them.
1: Right. And the and like I know like a lot of this stuff is environmentally bad and there's different there's different resources you can read. And I mean, be wary of some of them that overstate sure. and like where they're coming from. Like, you can kind of be like, oh, I can see why you're <laughs> against <laughs> Bitcoin and blah, blah, blah. But there are, you know, some environmental problems with it. But the NFT shit, I think, is pretty obviously bad for the environment with like almost no practical benefit you know what i mean like decentralized finance and like opening uh, opening up money and transactions to like um people who uh, have have always have you know historically been shut out of a lot of it like what cardano is trying to do in africa and stuff i, I mean there are some i'm not trying to be Pollyanna about this shit but there are some positive aspects you could see to it every argument for nfts like that'll like open up the art world and shit like i uh, the more i look into that i'm like i kind of don't buy that i don't know <laughs> just seems like a gimmick for kings of Re- leon to fucking sell more <laughs> shit you know what i mean
0: now that said i know that you had said too that like the pot that their their latest album is good Come on now! It, it, their new one is good. I'm
1: not going to listen to it. I can't. Well, you you should. After, After, uh, and I know uh-huh, uh, uh, those first two, and then that third one. I was done, man. I was done. I'm on telling the you one. though, the new one is them going back to
0: basics. It's not like <laughs> Molly Chambers era or some shit. Okay, but it's also not like Sex on Fire either. It's Ugh, better.
1: Sex on Fire is one of the worst fucking songs I've ever heard by anyone.
0: It's purely catchy, and it's also betrayed by the fact that they had so much commu- like they are genuinely very talented.
1: Dude, Aha! Uh-huh, if they had died after Aha, uh-huh, Shake Heartbreak, they'd be legends. <laughs> that album fucking rules. That album sounds like if Cocaine recorded a record, and that's what rock and roll should sound like. And then they just, just this bloated. Awful. They've got makeovers. Come on now.
0: Well, I think once they had expectations, they really tried to play to them. And mm-hmm. man, that's a very quick way to die artistically. Yeah. Is to try try to anticipate what people want to Well, hear. but it also worked. So of
1: course <laughs> So yeah. like they got rewarded for doing that. They became huge.
0: Well, then that's my endorsement for this new album then.
1: They don't need the money and they're not playing
0: like they're trying to <laughs> Follow it, you know, or at least as overtly. I say that, of course. Yes, the NFT situation completely negates my argument. Exactly. I do get that, but the uh, that's them very shrewdly jumping on mm. to a train that's gonna, in keeping with that weird metaphor, fall off the track soon or crash into another train. It's gonna end. It, it's just. Once the art world gloms onto something, especially this early, uh, yeah. it's fucking over. Yeah, it's like instantly annoying. Oh, it's just it's <laughs> just like the, the pretension level yeah. goes up exponentially. Right,
1: it can no longer just be a thing. Now it's a, an important movement.
0: Now we have to project yeah. meaning onto yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched a documentary about about art forgery, art thief. It's art mm. forgery, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. And it's pretty interesting, because it's just a lot of rich people that were, like, wildly easy to dupe getting duped.
1: Oh, man. I mean, if Elon Musk proves anything, we have to stop thinking that wealthy people are smarter. I mean, the man just tweets, like, memes like a stone 16-year-old. And everyone's just like, oh, he's got a secret motive behind this one. It's like, no, he's the moron who just... (laughs) Thinks the Cleveland show was funny. Do you know? This isn't the jazz of tweets. It's
0: not like it's not the things he's not saying. You know, as if it's the notes he's not playing. No. Yeah. No, he's just a dude who's who the type had of person a
1: fucking diamond mind or some shit. Yeah, he inherited a million dollar
0: diamond mine.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch where he's like, My grandfather started this company with one rick old, rickety slave ship and a slogan <laughs> oh, yeah. people selling people to people <laughs> yeah like all these people act like they're and like you know they sell the narrative that they're self-made and then all these fanboys are like why do you hate rich people who did it on their own and you're like actually no he yeah i don't know it's just like trump you know it's like oh yeah our fo- we all had a dad who gave us a million dollar loan you know
0: if there's anything that's imminently relatable it's somebody born
1: on third base yeah and then again acting as if they weren't.
0: Yeah, as if they have ever had hardship for one second in their lives. You know, like, you know, like, hardship for them is, like, a sick butler.
1: Yeah, or you get the day he he recognized those hair plugs were that bad.
0: God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> but the funny thing is that, like, you know, and Elon Musk is, like, It's like, just because you know a lot of things doesn't mean you're smart, you know? Like, having retention doesn't mean you have, like, critical thinking skills. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a guy who, like, three weeks into the pandemic was like, yeah, this will be done by April. (laughs)
1: Right. And that
0: seems stupid in real time.
1: And none of these motherfuckers can just treat their workers like human beings. I don't understand. I mean, I guess that's how you make your money and keep it. But it just blows my... At this point, Bezos, you have... You can buy Mars. Fucking just let people unionize and pay them. Like, I don't... You could do it now, right? You can do it now. Like, you've made, you've made your nut, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's like... Yeah, the
0: idea that he would lose... To lose $50 billion would still mean he's worth probably like $950 billion. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not... At a certain point, it's not even a number. No. It doesn't even mean anything. It's so beyond... The concept of what money it's just, and wealth—well, it's be. never
1: enough because their uh, their souls are empty and atrophied, and so like it's just—I have more money than Elon Musk. That's all that matters to him now.
0: He's the type too, where like they so not even devoid of empathy, but like somehow has a negative amount of it yeah. that to pay his workers a livable wage, even just that, yeah, which is the least they could do, yeah. is like an inefficiency to him, right?
1: Yes, yeah, numbers uh. on the spreadsheet.
0: Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's just a missed opportunity. This is something somebody will get fired for, the idea of that, because it's not making as much as they can.
1: Dude, you read that story about like what they did to the streetlights in Bessemer, right? No, I did not. What is you this? know they're trying to organize at the Amazon facility in Bessemer, uh, yeah. Alabama? And uh, they rewired... This is not like conspiracy. This has been They actually proved this. They rewired the traffic lights on the way into the warehouse... Because workers were stopping on their way into the warehouse, and pro-union activists were like talking to them and giving them like flyers and information at the stoplight, so they sh- rewired the stoplight so they wouldn't turn red. <laughs> Fucking hell! Just the amount they will spend and the uh, energy spent to not pay them, like it, because they know, like you know, if one domino falls, people might start realizing that there's power in uh, numbers, and they're no- <laughs> and then it. It's all over. God, But the thing is, it's not all over. Like, you could still be in the top 10 richest man. You're still a great big man, Bezos. And you could also be beloved. I, none of these people want to be loved. That's what I don't understand. Like, my needy ass, I want people to like me. Well, yeah, I think I think these are people that seek their form of salvation,
0: but it's all in their own terms. It's like yeah. Bill Gates has his Bill Gates Foundation. And it's like, right. we now like talk to him about like, what do you think about this vaccine? It's like, what the fuck are we doing? Right. And if I have a question about my operating system, I, I might ask Bill Gates. <laughs> right. But in terms of anything of actual, genuine, overall world-level world, world level import, <laughs> Yeah. It, who gives a shit? Well, that's a yeah. dude well, and that's who just... has ties to Epstein. He's trying to
1: buy his salvation right now. Well, yeah. Not just Epstein. I mean you know he's the number one charter school guy and like he just wants to give apple products to schools so people get hooked on apple probably it's obvious like he's never done anything altruistic that didn't help his bottom line yeah you know
0: yeah there's a documentary i think it's like a five-parter or something on on netflix and i only got through like half of the first episode because i was like what am i doing (laughs) and and i watched
1: it (laughs) there's an eight-hour version of wonder woman
0: i have to watch (laughs) I gotta watch the third one, Wonder Woman 1992. I gotta watch that. But like, I I don't know even why I started watching this, but it was talking about him trying to get a better toilet and Mm. sewage system to third world countries. So it was me watching for like half an hour of, man, Bill Gates going into great detail about shit. And I'm like, wow. In retrospect, the amount that I did watch, I don't know I wasn't having a bad day, I guess. (laughs) Because I watched a lot of it. It was, yeah. I need to re I need to rethink some things now that I'm th- <laughs> saying this out loud. You know what? Well, that's a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> me talking about
1: well, at least I don't at least I don't know anything about Elon Musk bowel
0: movements. I'll give him that. All right, give him time. He could have tweeted it out 13 in a long thread all about it as we speak. But um, yeah, thank you, thank you for doing this. Oh man. Uh, really appreciate it was, your time. It was
1: nice talking to you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: What all do you want to point people toward? I know you have Fake Money, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Look us up on wherever you get podcasts. It's called Fake Money. If you don't give a fuck about crypto, I mean, it's not that in-depth. Like I said, it's really just an excuse to talk to my very funny friend, Alan Strickland-Williams. And then I'm on... My handle is fritz is dead on Instagram and Twitter. So you can find me on there.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. This oh, great. man. Yeah.
1: Thanks. It was nice talking to you. Sorry it took a minute yeah. for my mind to start working. I'm right there with you, <laughs> I mean, it just
0: started pouring rain here. Oh. And I could feel the uh, whatever intelligence I have and energy draining from my body. Like tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please take care. Stay safe. Wear a mask or seven. And, you know. Be kind to yourself. Don't watch that documentary about feces and Bill <laughs> Gates. Thanks. Bye.